0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, such a wonderful day today, a joyful day. Today is the day that the, we tend to celebrate and see as the birth of the church. Um, and so just a tremendous, one of the greatest feast days of the year. Uh, sort of a, a, a tagline for today's sermon Uh One of my favorite lines in in St. Augustine's autobiography, The Confessions, Augustine addresses God and he says, late have I loved you, beauty ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. And today I want to talk to you about wine. We're to tie wine into that mystery where God wants to make the church ever ancient and ever new. When you become a priest, as every one of these guys will, right? Um, (laughs) No more weddings. I've said this. No more weddings of the Lord's. Um, When you become a priest, one of the things that happens is you never know when someone's going to tap you and ask you to say something. And so I'm constantly speaking wherever I go. But one of the the particular instances is sometimes you'll be asked to give toasts. And you learn early on as a priest it's really good to have something in your back pocket that you can just go to in case you have nothing to say. Uh, And so the one that I learned early on in priesthood, Hilaire Belloc, who is one of the great historians uh, of the 19th century, a tremendous uh, Catholic intellectual, um, Anna curmudgeon, and I love that about him. And we'll get to that in a minute. But Belloc wrote a toast that goes like this. He says, uh, wherever a Catholic sun doth shine, there's always music, laughter, and good red wine. At least I have always found it so. And I love that line. I've used that multiple times. I say, Father Brian, give a toast. I'm like, Belloc, help me remember. Um, But I do love that line, wherever a Catholic sun doth shine, there's always music, laughter, and good red wine. Amen. Catholics are a people who have learned to rejoice in the goodness of God's creation. And if you're anything like me, one of the best things that God has given us is good red wine. There's nothing quite like it. And if you know me, you know that one of my, my great joys in life is in our beautiful state here in Colorado. Summer evenings with a group of friends and a glass of wine is a taste of heaven on earth. And I just love that. There's, a, there's something where through the stress of the day, right, managing a parish, having anxieties about the future. What is tomorrow going to bring all the different ways that I didn't measure up to what I should have done that day. And at the end of the the day, to go home and just have a glass of wine, it pulls me out of that world and I can escape and just be at peace. There's nothing quite like it. Um, So today, why are we talking about this? What does wine have to do with any of this? Uh, Today... In the first reading from Acts of the Apostles, we cut it right off, right where I wanted to preach. But the next line where we ended, St. Luke says this. It says, people were all amazed, right? The the Spirit has fallen on the church. There's a joy, there's a newness, there's a freshness. And there's all these people speaking different languages. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others, mocking, said, they are filled with new wine. Others who mocked them said, they are filled with new wine. Today, I want to talk to you about being filled with new wine. Um, The Greek word there is gleukos. I imagine it's where we get the word glucose. Don't know that, but seems logical. Um, glucose, new wine, is also a very sweet wine. And it's particularly potent. There is something about the Holy Spirit in our life that makes us look akin to someone who's had a little bit too much wine. And I love that. Sometimes, some of us, We're a little bit stuck in the mud. We're a little dry. We're a little hard to push. We're a little bit angsty. Right? And if you put a couple glasses of wine in that person, sometimes they loosen up, and they're fun to be around, and they're easy to talk to, and there's something different about them where they're able to let go of kind of this rigid nature. The New Testament likes to talk about the Holy Spirit in juxtaposition to someone who's had a little bit too much wine. Today in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, we are a second reading, it talks about how all of us were made to drink of the same spirit. Ephesians 5 says this. Ephesians 5:18 says, "Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. but be filled with the spirit." Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart. When God's Spirit breaks into your life, brothers and sisters, there is something that happens that changes everything. And you're able to maybe let go of some of the the things in life that make you a little bit of a curmudgeon. And today I want to say this to you. So Hilaire Bellock was a curmudgeon, and so am I. What's a curmudgeon? I would dare say that probably every one of us is. A curmudgeon is someone who is prone towards cynicism. A curmudgeon is someone who has gone through life, and they have given up on hope that God can make things new. And they're oftentimes wounded by things that have happened in the past. They have a hard time letting go. They become rigid and hard. And they're difficult to move. What you should do today, I hope you'll do this today, at the end of today's Mass, get on your knees and confess to the Lord. Say, Jesus, I am a curmudgeon. I've become hardened in my spiritual life. I don't believe that you can do something new. I don't believe that you can remove my wounds and give me a joy and a freshness that makes things new. Lord, I'll go to Mass on Sundays. I'll do that. I will go to confession twice a year. Don't expect me to hand over anything more than that. When I was praying about this this week, one of the images that comes to mind, and this is kind of a bad example, but, but it illustrates something. Um, when I was really getting into my faith in college, uh, I remember going to some evangelical like praise and worship services. And you go to these praise and worship things, and you know what happens there, right? People, like, they're singing their hearts out, and what happens is you look around, and everyone's like, they've got their hands up. And they're praising God, and they're like, yes. Come Jesus, Lord, we love you, we praise you. And I was in college and I was like, I'm Catholic. We do not do that. Right? In our community, by the way, this still happens. Matt and Bernadette, who are the head of our music program, they, they went to Steubenville and they love that kind of stuff. and Matt's always giving me a hard time. He's like, FB, did I see you raise your hand just a little bit? (laughs) I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, don't condescend to me. Um, In our community, we do this. In the companions, we have in our holy hours moments of spontaneous praise. And what we do is someone's playing the guitar and we're encouraging each other to just speak to the Lord and praise him. And it feels so good when you can do it, but everybody's nervous. And when you start, what happens is like you go with one hand because you're not sure you can do two. So you go with one, and you're like, and then you start looking around, and you're like, is anybody else doing it? All right, a little higher, a little higher, and we get nervous. And I do that all the time. With the years, though, what I've learned is sometimes God can move your heart in a way where you just forget all of that, you don't care what anybody thinks, and you're not worried about how you look, and your heart's just moved to be new. Late have I loved you, beauty ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. Pentecost, brothers and sisters, Pentecost is the birthday of the church, but God wants to make our church ever ancient, ever new. And maybe in your life you've heard every talk, you've heard every sermon, you've done every piece of Catholic kind of, I don't know, practice that you can think of, but your heart has grown a little bit hard. Late have I loved you, beauty ever ancient, ever new. Late have I loved you. The Holy Spirit reminds us And today I want you to experience this. What if you walked out of this church today and you were new? And what if you could let go of those fears in your life and that attitude in your life that says, you know what, Lord, I just am the way I am. When someone's had a little bit too much to drink, you look at them and you say, what are you doing? And when people drink deeply of the Spirit, our friends and our family members and those around us look at us and they say, what are you doing? This isn't like, this is not like you. And that's a powerful moment. And I want to tie this today. So Luke wrote Acts of the Apostles. He also wrote, of course, his gospel. And in Luke chapter 5, Jesus, and I love this, Luke 5, Jesus tells a parable and he says this, I'm in Daniel 7, that's not Luke 5, um, In Luke chapter 5, Jesus says this. He says, No one puts new wine into old wineskins. There's that word again, the new wine, gleukos. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skin and it will be spilled. Spilled and the skin will be destroyed. But new wine must be put into fresh wineskins. I think God wants to do this in our church. In the world right now, coming out of coronavirus, I, I keep thinking this is a time when people should be returning to church, but it's the opposite. We're hearing staff start to come out that people during the pandemic have not been thirsting for a deeper meaning. They've given up on faith. Maybe God in our church, we are known as being this kind of old wineskin. And what happens here is that wineskin has become, um, with age, the fibers get strained. And it becomes stretched to its limit and hardened. And it can't handle the force of that new wine and it bursts. Today, what I want to say to you is maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that vessel that is you, maybe the vessel that is the church, what if the new wine of the Holy Spirit burst all of our categories? What if I was able to let go of my wounds from the past, my suspicion of others? the fear I have in my life about what it means to be a Catholic? What if I stopped making my faith a system where I check the boxes, I fulfill the requirements, but I don't really put my heart into it? Jesus, beauty ever ancient, ever new. Or can you transform me today Lord, to let go of what is behind, to press forward to what is new. Jesus, can you make new wine in me? Can the Holy Spirit make me a new wineskin? New wine must be put into fresh wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine desires new, for he says, the old is good. What are you holding on to in your faith and not allowing God to transform? Today is that day where God made the church ever new. Brothers and sisters, get on your knees today. Confess to God. Say, I'm a curmudgeon. Lord, I've put you in this box. I have refused to let you move me and to be one of those people who gives my heart to you in a powerful and free and surrendering way. Jesus, I have grown old in my sins. I've grown hardened and rigid. Jesus, today would you make me new?